Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 42, where today we're talking about how to determine whether your emotional eating is a problem or not. The truth is that emotional eating sometimes gets a bad rap, and it's not always a big deal or even a problem. When we talk about emotional eating, most of the time it's in reference to eating because of stress or negative feelings or emotions. But we also eat in response to positive emotions. Everyone eats emotionally. Everyone. Everyone. If you've gone to a birthday party and eaten cake when you weren't hungry to celebrate your friend's special day, you've eaten emotionally. If you popped something in your mouth just to try it, just to taste it, that's eating emotionally too. And there's an aspect of food and eating that is, by evolutionary design, supposed to be emotional. It's one of the first ways we create bonding and connection between us and our mothers. So it's not that food should just be fuel, because it never has been. So expecting to remove emotional eating from your life may not just be technically impossible, but doing so might be to go against your very nature as a feeling and emotional human. And even if you take out our human concepts of emotion out of the equation, what's even more interesting is that biting and chewing is a research-recognized self-soothing and coping skill and mechanism. Believe it or not, animals chew to relieve stress and anxiety as well. So we're not alone in our drives, or you might even call them instincts, to chew when we're uncomfortable stressed out, or otherwise feel threatened. Even without eating hyperpalatable foods, eating can release dopamine and other feel-good chemicals that can raise your spirits when you're feeling down, soothe your nerves when you're feeling frazzled, and distract you when you're feeling uncomfortable or upset. I think it's important to point out that emotional eating does not cause weight gain for everyone. Again, everyone eats emotionally, but not everyone struggles with weight or body issues. People who don't engage in emotional eating that often, or who don't override their body's fullness signals, don't usually gain weight. Left to its own devices and without external forces, to override its biological impulses, your body usually would realize that perhaps you already ate or you ate more than normal and would respond with fewer hunger cues. Of course, the kinds of foods that we eat can 
and will affect those hunger cues and how our bodies respond. And in fact, processed foods are designed to short circuit those internal signals and cues so that we will eat more and so that we will have cravings and so that we will have those blood sugar spikes so that we will get hungry again sooner. But that's not the point. The important point here is that a single or even a handful of emotional eating episodes is not likely going to be problematic. But I want to take it one step further and let you know that there's actually research out there that shows that many folks who are having moments of emotional eating aren't actually eating any more than they normally would. Generally, the studies don't show that people who report high levels of emotional eating are actually eating more food. In fact, most of the research shows that they don't or doesn't show definite results one way or the other. And so what does this mean for us really? I mean, is emotional eating really the problem? And I think it's more specific and beneficial to ask, is emotional eating a problem for you? Are you eating to avoid emotions or to avoid dealing with something? Eating more at Christmas while surrounded by extended family whose main concerns are um, who's making the most money or who has the most prestigious job or who's the most successful. Well, that's a single episode of emotional eating and it isn't that big of a deal really. But if eating is the way that you deal with work anxiety and how you deal with a fight with your spouse and how you decompress from the day and how you deal with a phone call from your mom and how you deal with any uncomfortable feeling, then it's possible that emotional eating may be a problem for you. Our goal is to have multiple coping mechanisms and skills in our toolboxes so that eating doesn't have to be the only one. When you have only a single coping skill, you are basically trapped. You have no options and no additional choices. You don't have the opportunity to make better choices for yourself. If emotional eating is your only skill, it becomes easy to abuse it, an easy way to bypass the negative emotions or feelings you're having and distract yourself with food that creates good feelings. If you're using food to bypass or shortcut your way to feeling good, you may find that you're eating very quickly or even mindlessly. You don't pay attention to what you're eating or how much. I think there are two problems with the emotional eating label. One is that we pass judgment on it. Perhaps someone pointed out our eating behavior to us at some point and we in turn learn to feel bad, guilty, or shameful for our behavior. But it's not an instance of emotional eating that's the problem. It's that you feel angry at yourself, guilty, and shameful after eating. We judge and justify the reason and amounts. And in the case of emotional eating, we always judge with a heavy hand and come up finding our reasons lacking and our willpower wanting. This judgment of our behavior, our reasons, and rationalizations for eating 
really doesn't help our situation at all. It's how our parents would have taught us not to do something. And learning that your actions have consequences and may affect others is certainly something that you need to learn as a child. But as an adult, and in the case of emotional eating, the lines become blurred and the outcomes not so black and white. And so this judgment we pass on ourselves and making ourselves feel bad really just creates stress and anxiety about food and about ourselves as capable and coping people. Not only that, but all of that extra stress disrupts our digestion, it interrupts our sleep, it increases our inflammatory responses, and it makes us more susceptible to infection. But I also feel, and this is the number two, that the guilt and the anger and the frustration that we feel after we eat emotionally is misplaced. And what I mean is, is, yes, sure, we're partially upset because nine times out of ten we are on some sort of diet or plan and we've broken those rules by eating the sleeve of Oreos or the pint of haagen and therefore we're upset. But the root, I believe, to these negative feelings of guilt and anger and frustration is really not about and not with ourselves over the eating of the food. After all, there's probably something that you've done in your life that you felt so bad about that you chose from that moment forward you would never, ever, ever, no matter what, do it again. And you've maintained that promise. But how many times have you made the same promise about eating emotionally? that you'll never, ever, ever, ever do it again? How many times have you cried, heartbroken, because you ate more than you intended in response to a heightened or intense emotion? No, personally, I think that the anger is really due to our not resolving the situation. The guilt is because we know in our heart of hearts that there's some emotion or situation that needs tending to, whether it's inside of us or outside of us. I think the frustration is the silent recognition that eating in response to or in an attempt to solve an emotional problem is no solution at all. And I think most of us know this innately, but either don't know better ways to solve our problems or in many cases have fear around any of the other ways that we could solve our problems. After all, it's easier to eat than it is to finally tell your husband you don't want to hear his opinions anymore about how much or what you eat. It's easier to eat than to tell your family why you don't have kids or a spouse or a better paying job or a home. It's easier to eat than it is to tell your boss to leave you the hell alone. It's easier to eat than it is to confront someone else's standards for your life. And most of us know Even when we break dietary rules, there's a part of us that knows and understands that as long as we get back on track, as long as we start over as quickly as we possibly can and get, you know, back on the wagon, that it's going to be fine. That one moment is not going to derail us forever. We know that. 
And so I don't think that emotional eating is the devil that everyone makes it out to be. I don't really think it's possible to eliminate emotional eating completely. I don't really think that anyone else can tell you whether you have an emotional eating problem. Only you know that. You know whether it's your only coping mechanism or not. You know whether you turn to food more often than not. You know, or at least have an inkling as to whether or not your emotional eating episodes are having a real and lasting effect on your health. I think it's important to be mindful and intentional about your eating. If you're going to soothe yourself with food, that's okay. Choose it, embrace it, own it. Understanding and accepting whatever biological consequences that that choice may have, like bloating or gas or not being hungry at dinner later. And most importantly, choose it without guilt, making no apologies. Food is only one way to deal with and cope with emotions. There are lots of other ways and skills that you can learn, and we've covered so many of them over the course of these podcasts. You can reach out to others and make a connection. You can take action by doing a workout or a chore or just going for a walk or talking to the person that you're having your struggle with. You can soothe your senses by listening to music or taking a shower or bath or just sitting outside. Anything you can find or do that's pleasurable may help. Just like putting on your favorite perfume or your favorite sweater, making a hot cup of tea, or even eating a warm chocolate brownie. Just be intentional about whatever it is that you choose to do. Don't do it because there's nothing else to do or because you feel you have no choice. You always, always, always have choices and you always have options. Thanks so much for listening in today. I hope that this has been helpful for you. If you have any questions or want to discuss how your emotional eating may be affecting you and whether you think it might be a problem for you, I would love to talk to you. You can find me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash Coach Christy R. Hall or at my website www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much, and I will talk to you soon.